Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy in Dear Abby. My wife is working out of this senior woman Dear Abby. She thinks way too much of She had to get married. Dear Pod. I want to know if you've heard of buckle fat removal, and if so, how painful is it? What's the recovery time? And should we ask someone to do it live on air to me? And should we get a two for one? Correct. Okay. I have all of the answers to your question because I know that it's trending right now on the TikTok and the Instagrams. And let me tell you something. I knew about buckle fat removal five years ago when, of course, I looked into it. Sure. And thought, is this the answer to my problems? This is a bizarro trend that because it's a very easy in and out surgery, but still mm. it's surgery. So you right. know what it is? They remove the fat from your cheeks. Uh-huh. But at like like to sort of give you that sculpted, hollowed out look. However, like comma, that. that will come back to bite you in the A when you're 70 years old and you look like um the crypt keeper. Exactly. You're all I mean, but that looks good right now. Now, then you're going to lose the collagen and then all of it's going to sink down. And they're going to be like, why is that woman sucking on a lemon head candy? Huh. But that is trending right now. But I've known about it for years, years, because originally that's that's what I had looked at because I had heard about it. But it's so wild that it's trendy right now. And um, And no, you don't need it. No. Okay. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Because I can see, even as you sit here, I can see your hollowed out cheekbones, you, Suzanne, I almost said Suzanne Summers. Mm-hmm. Why did you just compare me to Sally Struthers? Because not Sally Struthers, but her, whatever the kids were that she was like, for 30 cents a day, you can feed Patrick. Yeah. He got the buckle fat removed from his face and now he looks like he hasn't eaten since 1983. I love those commercials so much because she's teetering and bursting into tears. But she's walking through this hot mess of a town. And you know and she had craft services and like a makeup artist with her. One hundred. Her hair is blown out as if she's like on tour with Mariah Carey. <laughs> it is so blown out. She's wearing all black, like a smart blazer, as if she's just like a, like happened to be going from meeting to this town where there's no running water. And 900 like, degrees. You cannot tell me that she was not in an air-conditioned trailer and they just shoved her out the side door and said, look, look sad. Start crying. And she's Start like, crying. oh, I'm already crying. I'm starving. <laughs> I can't eat this in front of them, assholes. I want my trailer to be pulled further away from them, further away. There's so <laughs> many flies. I thought there was going to be like a protective barrier between us and them. They're touching me. They're touching me. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't in my rider. Should we give them water? They don't have any water. I no, know no, no, there's no. a whole camera crew that shows up out there and they're like for 30 cents a day. Or if the key grip John could give one of these kids a sandwich at the lunch break. <laughs> oh I'm my God. Saying. It's like, it's like the, the pigeon lady and, and Mary Poppins. Just <laughs> throw your sandwich around. Feed the birds, damn it. Feed them. For the amount of money that they paid Sally Struthers, they could have probably fucking built a whole new town with some she running fucking water. She could be the mayor water. of that town, exactly. They could be. They could have a whole system in place. They were like, well, you guys, for 35 cents a day, we actually built uh, Congress out here in <laughs> Namibia. So thanks. Thanks, SAG-AFTRA. 
for that. <laughs> oh my God, it's good to see your face. I'm sorry you're on Zoom, but damn it, this week is insane. It is. I would never make it to your house, and I definitely would never make it back. I can't understand what's going to be crazy anymore. Like what's going to be busy, where the traffic's going to be. I can't. I can't. I, and, and the weather is also like gloomy, and all I want to do is cry. And I, I, I burst into tears today for no reason. I was in the middle of drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper and ask my jewels. We're sitting and having lunch at the kitchen table, literally mid-sip sip of the Diet Dr. Pepper. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know why. You should see somebody. The holidays bring out the best in people, don't they? I guess. Jesus Oh, Christ. my God. Well, first of all, let's give me the rundown on Christmas. How was your Christmas? Very easy. Oh, wow. It was nice. And, you know, in retrospect, and everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you didn't travel for the holidays. Uh, anyone watch the news? Because that looked fucking disastrous. Oh, because of all that crappy weather. It was crappy like rain, weather, snow, ice. Like, I think it was like if you flew southwest, you were guaranteed to never get anywhere. Oh, yeah. There's some sort of drama that's unfolding at southwest, which I don't know why it right. took this long. At this point, southwest is actually selling the seats. And I'm not like talking about where you can sit. I'm talking about the actual physical seats. I feel like right. it's an empty plane and then you buy your seat and then they give it to you as you go on. You have to install it before you sit down. I'm just waiting for the next like iteration of flight travel since obviously no one gives a shit about anything anymore where it's basically just like a, a subway car yeah. and you're just like strap hangers. You just have to like hold on. Oh yeah. And hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. And I know that you guys don't understand G forces, but just, you know, really grip tight, grip tight. <laughs> Lose the bars. They're going to have those little bars that you can lean on, but you don't sit yeah. fully, you know, for cross-country trips. Like there's no snacks. It's just get us up and down, up no. and down. Even if you have to pay, even if you want to ask about snacks. Yeah. It's you like, get a slap. Do it's you more have like any a, chips? And they're like, that's 50 cents just for asking me that question. Yeah. And, and they slap you with your own luggage. Card. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then they I kick like you that. in the ass so you can get down the runway faster. How was yours? What did you do? It was nutso. It was awesome, but it was nutso. It's exhausting. It's very tiring. But we, um, it was like a fiesta. So it was like everybody in the family was coming back. And I'm talking about people from West Coast. Everybody was traveling. And they traveled on that day. So I thought there's Ugh. no way they're getting in because there was like snow and ice. And believe it or not, they all made it in. A little bit delayed. Sure, 2 a.m. at Logan. But everybody made it in. So my Jules, of course, was on. So I had to drive in, pick him up Ugh. in the middle of Times Square on Christmas Eve, Ugh. throw him in the back. Whenever I pick him up, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, my Jules, he is in the Lion King on the Broadway. And uh, sometimes, you know, if we drive out of town, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting right outside the stage door. Run! Run! Push him in the car. You know, hit the road. We got the dogs with us. Drove to my parents' house in, like, warp speed. And we hadn't eaten since noon. So we oh. got there around 9 o'clock. And my family's in there. And I was like, I'll talk to you later. Just point me to the turkey. I feel weak. And I see spots. So we shoved some food. <laughs> There's a bite taken out of your dog. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody called the vet because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Help, please. I was, and I didn't even think that, like, I should pack a protein bar. Don't I know? I'm not a big eater, but I'm also not big into my blood sugar collapsing. You know, 
yeah. on a turnpike through Connecticut. So we get up to Boston and, you know, see the family. It was a grand old time. It was like a whirlwind 36 hours, I would say. Oh, Christ. Mm-hmm. The next, and <laughs> poor Julesy. He's such a delicate flower of a boy. He really doesn't sleep well anywhere, anywhere, and especially at my parents' house. So the dogs wake me up at 2 a.m. to take a whiz, and Julesy is, like, working three different iPads in his iPhone. He's got all this electronic gear open. It's like it's like war games. <laughs> He's got, like, five screens in front of him. He's like, oh, I can't sleep. My body won't let me relax. And so then I feel the need to fix it. And I was like, well, what? What do you want? Do you want me to, I'll, I'll hug you. Do you like hugs? Uh, how about downstairs? Go sleep on the, oh, I don't think I can do the couch. So it took a lot of like propping him up with pillows, opening windows, chanting, burning incense, calling priests to get him back to sleep. Warm milk. Warm milk always does the trick. But we did. We had a, we had a lovely uh, Christmas as fast as it was. And then we went to our cousin's house and stuff. And we, you know, we did gifts and all this. And we did the Yankee swap, which is always a good old time. <laughs> Should I tell Patty what, what the gift of the year was? So every year, you know, my brother, he's got kids. I buy for his kids. And I give him and his wife a gift card. And uh, every year we get like an Amazon gift card from him. Great. Awesome. You can buy anything you want on Amazon. You want a new spleen? It's there. And this year I wake up and I get an email and I was like, oh, Christ. He went through a period of buying of us of the month clubs like a few years. Okay, now nobody can see how Patty's face just reacted, but he reacted like a human. He just rolled his eyes and put his head down. It's just. So I I wake up to an email on Christmas Day for cookie of the month club. Do you just get one? You get two pounds. You get, you get two, two pounds of cookie. You get two pounds of cookies once a month for three months. So I'm going to be getting a bi-monthly delivery at our door. Two pounds of cookies from I don't know where the hell, Taiwan. These aren't like, it's not even like it's schmackeries or something. You're not getting cookies from a place. Okay, let's back up. Do I look like someone who eats cookies? No. Yeah. Start there. <laughs> but now you have a gift if you ever need to go somewhere between now and when. Oh, look at you finding the silver lining. Who is this 2023 Patty that I don't recognize? Bring back the old one. I want to bitch some more. <laughs> so one of our n- new listeners told me as we do our, our ditties here that I am tone deaf because of when I sing, which I'm not really singing. Wait, because when I'm, are you singing? Like during exactly. specialty cocktail and stuff? Something I don't know what the fuck it is. And I was like, first of all, did I you am ever not claim here. to be? I am I've not I have taken maybe a year's worth of lessons of singing. Okay. Right up the street here. Ripley Greer. <laughs> their, their annex here on fifty sixth street. <laughs> the learning annex, the adult right. wing. <laughs> I have spent more money trying to audition for hairspray and whatever musical that I am not right for. And um, I've never said I'm a train singer. I, although I was told that I, you know, I can I can hit everything that I need to hit, which is wonderful. <laughs> Who told you However, that? <laughs> my teacher, Kim. What's her name? Kim something. something. Was it as you yeah. were writing out the check? 
I think so probably. It's like 100, 200, 300. <laughs> exactly. You're just putting the cash in her hands as you're yeah. saying it. Okay. So, but now uh, you are the Renee Angelil to my Celine Dion. I just, you know, I think we all think that we can sing. I mean. Do you want to try? No, not right now. Can I give no. you an assignment? No. Can I give you like, can you take requests? No. Have you? Do you karaoke? I'm not, I get, see, here's why I'm not an actor because I... I have such anxiety that I would all the words would escape me. I told you when They're I auditioned for the Ricky Martin songbook, like I, I, all the words just ran out of my fucking brain. Wait, when was this? Go back. When I auditioned for the Ricky Martin songbook and it ended up, or the Ricky Martin show and it ended up being, um, could it be magic by, um, what's his name? Barry Manilow. And I was horribly under, I was prepared for the completely wrong show. Uh -huh. There is actually no Ricky Martin show. It just came, it just materialized from the horrible game of telephone game. And then I showed up. Was it not like really a show? You auditioned for a show that didn't exist? I auditioned, there was a show, but it was a Barry Manilow show. Somehow it was told to me that it was a Ricky Martin something or other. Oh, and wow. That, how did that telephone game go? How do you know. get to Didn't go Ricky well. Martin? I told you this when I then when I sang "Living La Vida Loca" and I lost all the words because I was so fucking nervous. <laughs> and of all the songs, you, you auditioned for a Barry Manilow written musical, which mm -hmm. I believe was "Harmony." Am I right? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. So you auditioned for a, a musical with Barry Manilow music with "Living La Vida Loca." Right. Also with like a third degree burn from a tanning bed because it told me that I had to look darker. <laughs> the wires on this one i don't know but my i mean i still sweat every time i think about it, it my face when this woman across the table said it to me must have like i'm I, i'm surprised I, like all my teeth probably fell out because i was say like to you? Uh, what what did she say to you that you didn't do a good job or that it was for Barry no and i i was just signing in and she's like oh are you here for what are you here for? I said, I'm here for the audition. She's like, what is it? I said, I'm actually not too sure of the name of the show, but it's, um, my sister-in-law told me about it. And this is some Ricky Martin, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, the only audition we have here is Could It Be Magic, the Barry Manilow songbook. I said, uh, is there something else here? And she said, no. But and you doubled I, down it was anyway. Like, it was like, I was Audra McDonald when she sings. You know how I, my interpretation of Audra McDonald when she sings is when she's looking for her keys, her phone, and her wallet at the same time you know she's looking up into the air and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what i was like grass i was looking for like anything to get out of like the the lever to pull me to the ground like i was in an acme uh, warner brothers cartoon i totally forgot this so innocently my lover and i are taking our daughter out for a walk mm -hmm. Jennifer. innocent it's quiet and um, we're walking, and there's a woman that's coming towards us, seemingly normal, oh. in a long, white, puffy coat. So I'm like, okay. Then she turns into, which I can, um, any zombie movie where the zombie, it like transforms very quickly, and they go from like PTA mom to like um, raccoon teeth and like bulging eyes. But are they moving fast? Yes. Oh, that's the scary. She moved fast. It was like, <laughs> and also she had vomit all the way down the front of her white coat. And 
I obviously have lived here too long. I looked at her and just pulled Jenny to the side and kept walking. And then about like 20 feet later, I looked at Marcus with this face of like, what, what am I, I can't even believe like, I wasn't even like stunned. You didn't break your stride. Yeah. No. When you're not looking twice at this stuff, uh, that's the time that you're like, maybe it's time to go. And it's funny because (laughs) I think I found uh, Jules saw a crazy guy on the street the other day. The crazies are always the best. But he goes, he was just walking down the street singing Last Christmas, the George Michael Last Christmas, but he was mm-hmm. stuck on a loop. So he, he was going, Last Christmas, Last Christmas, Last Christmas. And he's just yelling it, yelling it. But then he gets caught off the loop and then he goes, Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. The very next day, you gave it away, you bitch! Dramatic, dramatic monologue. Wow. So that could have been his girlfriend that you saw. I guess. I mean, she moved like she was on like a like a dolly. Like I was like, <laughs> holy. Fuck. Is she gliding? I don't understand. Gliding and tweaking. Forty eight. Like, am Street. I am I in a Vera Formiga film? Like what the fuck? Oh my God, should we do it? Yes. Is it time at long last? Yes. It's time. Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, Roy Rogers. And I'm Oren Ishii. <laughs> We're coming to you from the Maha Abar, the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Hi, I'm Miss Mandy, and I'm here with a special countdown with some of your favorite children's librarians to ring in the new year. 10. Nine. Eight. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Wow, friends, you did such a great job counting down. Did you happen to spot any of your favorite book characters or books during our countdown? This is making me homicidal. I want to kill somebody. I do. I have never wanted to punch a screen before, but I want to punch a screen now. And you'll be punching screens, damn it, because this week, like all weeks, we're bringing you the advice articles of Ann Landis and Dear Abby. We're bringing them out. We're making them count down uh, their favorite librarians of all time, which I do remember mine from Robin's Library in Arlington, Massachusetts. I weirdly remember her. I also remember the smell of that place. Not enjoyable. But we're pretty enjoyable. So what are you waiting for? Follow us on your social medias at Dearpod Official on your Insta, your Twitter, your face. Check out our website. In 2023, there'll be all sorts of fun things on there, damn it. Dearpodofficial.com. We have an email address, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. That's right, gmail. Uh, email us one of your advice questions, and we will answer it right here on the air. And Lord knows in 2023, we need all the advice we can get, damn it. Advice, wisdom, that's our jam. What else is our jam? Patreon, patreon.com slash dearpodofficial, where for a mere three or five dollars a month, you can become a subscriber and get extra special tidbits in your inbox every week. So if you are a person like me and Jules who has not had Christmas with the in-laws yet, now is the time to panic purchase some things that are on sale. And that is our Patreon. Three bucks? Come on. Come on, for for the cost of only $3 a day, Sally Struthers will come and cry on you while you're starving in the background. I don't know that she was crying. I think that she had that kind of palsy voice, like a Gwen, 
I almost said Gwen Stefani. <laughs> like a Gwen Verdon, a kind of shaky thing, you know? I guess that would make sense. Yeah, I don't I mean, know that she was crying. I think that was just her voice. Okay. And these oh. are our voices talking to you. And just so you know, things to look forward to in the new year. We are planning to do a live performance of Dear Pod Official just as soon as we book that sexy venue where we're going to be coming to you with some info on that. If you want to see us live, if you want to touch Patty, he loves. What? What? Why huh? Are we doing it live? Why wouldn't we do it live, damn it? Because we're very entertaining live and in person. Oh, that's why. I thought it said zoo episode. <laughs> Okay, Julesy has terrible handwriting. In seven weeks, we will be hitting our 200th episode, or according to Jules's terrible handwriting, our zoo episode. <gasps> that should be our theme for the 200th episode. I said it right now, zoo. Zoo. Zoobily zoo, baby. So we are planning Zubilee to do a live zoo. performance at some point in NYC in February. Details to follow in the upcoming weeks. Bring your friends, family, and a flask. Oh, but we will be doing specialty cocktails live and in person like we did uh, when we went to the Amish country and Patty got um, assaulted assaulted by an Amish man in the Amish market. And I'm just so happy that I got to be privy to that. I got to see it. That was within our first year. Can you believe we're coming up on our 200th episode? That I cannot. And we're still here, damn it. We're here. We're entertaining people. We're getting messages and, and notes from the listeners. Notes about Patty's singing being an issue. This is our New Year's episode. So the next time you're hearing our dulcet tones, it will be the year 2023. That's right. Hoverboards and Jetsons and people eating dehydrated foods. It's 2023. How exciting. Oh, yes. Uh, first of all, do you have any New Year's resolutions or do you not believe in that? Don't believe in them. Samesies. No, Why would I change I mean, now? I fear change. I mean, coins. <laughs> I <laughs> Just fear change nickels, dimes, and yeah, exactly. So I, I don't, I don't want to put any more pressure on the new year than already exists. 2023 is like, just give me a minute, okay? Back off. But this week's topic in honor of uh, the New Year celebration is hangovers. That's right. Most of us hangover. have had them. Most of us hate them. Do you know your worst hangover? The worst part is I have two worst mm. hangovers that I already know off the top of my head. I was so, I was so hungover once and I was walking Teddy and I, didn't, I was like delirious. I, I had to like walk him and I was just like, just fucking let's pee and let's get out of here. <laughs> and there is a tour bus parked in front of the food emporium across the street and they're loading stuff up like pamphlets and shit. Uh-oh. And I am so out of it. Teddy goes over, pees all over their pamphlets. <laughs> Wait, were they a religious group? No, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It was, must've been like their brochures or whatever for the, the tour bus of the New York oh, City. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And pees all over it. And this woman looks at me like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, And they were like, get away from the homeless man. He's wearing a white fur and he's got vomit down the front of him. He's moving like a zombie. And I got back in the house and like, I am such, I am an asshole. I just, I like, I didn't, I didn't know, like, I didn't care what Teddy did or any, I was just like, I need to get back inside this house. Oh, was it the summer? 
I don't think so. Uh, maybe, I don't even. I don't even remember. I don't uh, even. I don't know. I feel like summer hangovers are even worse because there's sort of no excuse to stay inside. Yeah. There's two hangovers that I would think are my worst hangovers, and I'd like to call those New Orleans and the Hamptons. Mm. The New Orleans hangover was extraordinary because uh, I was on tour there, and we all decided, "Hey, let's do Bourbon Street." Have you ever been to New Orleans? I have not. Not my vibe. I'm not into like the voodoo and the jazz and the Zanarant. It's just not my favorite place. Is that you, Santa Claus? Yeah. Why, Carol Channing? Is that you, Carol Channing? <laughs> I didn't recognize you. Get over here, you crazy bee. Let's go down to New Orleans to Cafe du Monde and drink some hurricanes. We drank like it was our job. That's the whole vibe of Bourbon Street. You just walk down, you drink these sugary ass. That's the worst. The hangover with the sugar drinks is the worst because that yeah. will hurt you so much more. So we all, you know, went down, bar hopped. You know, in that point, you don't even know what you're drinking because everything tastes like a fruit bomb. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like four hurricanes deep. And somebody's like, let's go to this drag show. And I was like, yeah, let's. And I was cranked. And our dear friend Galen was with us. So she can attest to this. A drag show was going on. I don't know what happened. I was that kind of drunk where you're like, well, I don't know what shape this room is, but it's definitely not square. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was a little bit soft edges. Everything was like filtered focus. It's like how you see RuPaul. Sure. And I do remember that somebody dragged me up on the stage in the middle of this drag show. And they said, I heard you do a mean Liza Minnelli. And they put the, the... uh, microphone in front of me and all I was doing was Liza Manelli's voice but just speaking my internal monologue so I literally went I don't know where the fuck I am and the <laughs> audience went wild I do remember that and I remember my friend Louie coming up and like taking me off the stage and then apparently I won I won a drag contest and then they took me into some back room and gave me a hundred bucks where Galen stood outside like a mafia heavy, just in case this was shadier or some sort of shady thing or they were going to like steal me and try to take my liver or some other urban myth. I, I wake up in a bathtub, uh, cut to the next morning. And by morning, I mean four in the afternoon. There That's is rough. no worse feeling. So you wake up at four in the afternoon, you still smell like gin or whatever's in hurricanes. And I was like, oh, huh. and I woke up in my hotel room like, oh, God, something happened last night. Oh, God. Oh, no. I lost money. I lost money. Is that what happened? And then I went to my wallet and I was like, I made money. Oh, God, I made money. What happened? What happened? And then I realized that I won a drag contest last night. So I guess that was the best part of the hangover. When you're sweating out the rum and fruity pina colada of it all, sure. it, it was just like the show the next night. I was like, nobody come near me unless you want a contact high because I'm ready to be your Spirit Airlines pilot. I oh, New Orleans was rough. It's not worth it. The those days you're like, oof. It's been a long time since I've been like that. So uh, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. Congratulations. And there it is. Let's keep plugging along, baby. All right. Let's see if I've repeated myself. I can't wait. And even if you have, maybe it'll be something new that we hear this time around. Or if I've repeated myself.
or if I've repeated myself. I see what you did there. This is the San Angelo Standard Time, San Angelo, Texas, January 2nd, 1995. Dear Ann Landers, I have been reading your column for ages. I do not believe you have ever printed a letter about something that is becoming an accepted practice, although it is indecent, immoral, and a source of anxiety to every bride. I am referring to the bachelor party that traditionally takes place that night before the wedding. I have heard from my brother and my male cousins that there are strippers at these parties who wear G-strings and pasties, which is as close to being naked as a woman can get. Some of the bimbos wear black garter belts and mesh stockings with four-inch heels. There's music, of course, and these women put on a show quote-unquote, mostly bumps and grinds because they can neither sing nor dance. They prance around, sit on laps, take off the guys' ties and unbutton their shirts. Most of the guys are dead drunk by that time, and so no one will say for certain how much else gets taken off. These affairs are almost always held in hotels, so it's not different to figure out where most of the guys end up. Oh, so it's not difficult to figure out where the guys end up. <laughs> or different. Right. I am not a prude, but I wonder how many men would like their future brides to be entertained this way by male strippers. I hope you will speak out against these bachelor parties where many a groom that becomes so sick and hungover that he can barely get through the wedding the following day. Playing nurse to a hungover guy is no way to start off a honeymoon. It's time men get the message. Looking ahead in Palm Beach. She really has opinions about happens she has more opinions about the strippers and what they wear and what they do for a living correct and as a stripper with the company small tops i am offended i hear you send in the alarms so survey says dear looking i do not doubt for a minute that some bachelor prenuptial parties end up to be drunken orgies but many are quite decent especially if the fathers of the bride and groom are present Male strippers, by the way, are not generally sexually aggressive. They put themselves out there, and it's the women who do the groping, unbuttoning, etc. That was it. Oh, that was it. Oh, oh, I feel like we just fell off a cliff. I wasn't ready for that. Um, I actually have a very similar theme as far as that goes with the hangovers, but I don't think... Are they still doing that now? Are the boys still doing that? Are they doing it really the night before? I mean, Nobody that's a does that the anyway. night before. That is the dumbest thing. Usually all bachelor and bachelorette parties seem to happen months in advance. Correct. We've got two weddings that we're going to next year. It's been no weddings for a while, and then ba-boom, boom, in October. And uh, I can tell you neither of these guys are going to get hammered the night before their wedding. Because the, gr- the, wi- the brides would throttle them. I'd kill him. I'd kill my jewels. We spend all that money and prep to then be like, I just, I'm not feeling great. Oh, <laughs> and you definitely don't get drunk at your own wedding. Did you? No, I don't. No, I did not. No, because there's something about that day where you're like, you'll pick up a drink, you'll take a sip, you'll put it down, it's gone. You'll pick up a drink, you put, you take a sip, you put it down, it's gone. You pick up a drink, you take a sip, you put it down, it's gone. Take a bit. And that's how songs are written. That is correct. But this is a very 60s thing. I don't think that's... I, but apparently there's enough material on it to say that this was a regular thing. Oh, absolutely. I think my dad was so hungover that my mom was like, he looked like death. <gasps> <laughs> he 
looked, he didn't look great. It's what and they then when did. My, one of my sisters got married. She went out the night before and she, yes, she was so fucking hungover oh. that it looked like she was going to run out the side of the door. Of the oh church. my God. You have to look at those pictures for the rest of your life. Unless you get divorced, then you don't have to. Exactly. Which I mean, set the foundation nice and early. I do That's remember right. Moth talking about from my uncle's wedding. They did things differently. Things were timed out differently back then. Where it was like they had some sort of I don't I don't know if it was they would have the rehearsal dinner maybe a couple days in advance or something, and then there was like a, a party the night before. And they were testing out new cocktails. My brother my mother had two three brothers total. And one was getting married and two were mixing drinks and they kept testing them out on her. And if you if you know Moth and the listeners do, this is, should come as no surprise. She's a lightweight when it comes to the hooch. Jules made her an old-fashioned at Christmas. Yeah. And nothing is funnier than my mother having an old-fashioned. She's like, just make me a small one. I don't want anything big. It's just a small... And your mama's half job of the hut. Hello! Is a Buddha solo? Very good job of the hut. Sorry. So we made her a little small old fashioned, and then I had a full sized old fashioned. And she's drinking it. You can see when it hits her because her eyes get a little funny. And she's like, This is a lovely, this is a lovely drink. Can I? And then at one point she was like, Pour a little of yours into mine. As. Zatarans. That jazz singer from 1920s. She's like Billy Holiday, just like, I want to talk to you, but give me some of that old fashioned. Just drink it so much. It's a good old time, but she ended up getting hammered by accident, quote unquote, at my uncle's. I don't know, rehearsal dinner party, welcomed it, whatever. And she got cranked. And she went into the bathroom and she fell asleep. And there's only one bathroom in my grandmother's house. She has a small, like, apartment. There was, like, a two-bedroom. So she had a bunch of people as guests in this house. And Moth went into the bathroom and was like, I'm just going to sit down right here. And she sat down up against the bathroom door and passed out. And the weight of her, somebody went to go to the bathroom and they couldn't push the door open because she was on the other side of it, wedging it. It was a good time. And then she was so hungover for the wedding. And she did get woken up the next morning by my grandmother who was vacuuming and hitting the bed, hitting her bed with a vacuum to try to wake her up. (laughs) She's saying, useless, get up. You're, You're in a wedding. She was a bridesmaid, too, which is, ooh. Wait, was your grandmother Olympia Dukakis from Moonstruck? You wasted your life. What's the matter with you? Exactly. She was. Your life's going down the the toilet. toilet. That's what it is. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry on behalf of all the Moonstruck fans, which I am one. One of my favorite well, movies. Love you it. better prove it. I know. I, I well, All the information that I get from remembering Steel Magnolias, every word of Steel Magnolias takes up too much brain space. I understand. It's uh, like deleting the other information. I exactly. Get I get you can only have so much. But you know what you can't have too much of? Hangover articles. So I guess I'll read the one that's kind of similar to yours. Might as well just keep okay. on rolling right along. This one comes from the San Francisco Examiner, June 22nd, 1986. 
Hungover grooms! Dear Anne Landers, the wedding season is upon us, and I hope you will pass on some advice that may save a great many people from being miserable. I speak specifically about the stag party the night before the wedding, the bachelor's last fling with his pals. Please, Anne, tell them that if they must have such a celebration, to schedule it for a week before the wedding, not the night before. I know of at least five grooms who were so hungover they were unable to remember anything about their own weddings. I know one fellow who was so sick from over-celebrating that he could barely make it down the aisle. He looked like hell and had to go to bed for two days immediately after the ceremony. My family told everyone he had the flu, <clears throat> but a lot of people knew it was from too much hoop-de-doo the night before. <laughs> I'll go back to hoop-de-doo in a minute. Uh, sure. My own wedding was ruined because of too much booze at the tr traditional stag. My husband had a terrible headache the day of the wedding. He took so much aspirin, his stomach became upset, and he puked right in the banquet hall. Our wedding night was a disaster. I held his head over the toilet until 5 a.m. If you can wake up the future husbands of America, you will have performed a valued service for a many a nervous bride. Signed, Unpleasant Memories in Arizona. Dear Ariz, if your letter doesn't wake them up, they're dead. Thanks for writing. Ian! That's a great response. Well, hoop-dee-doo and zippity-ah. You got drunk before your wedding. Just for the record, me and Patty like the song. Um, what is the song? What's the title? The Christmas song. It's a holiday season. It's a holiday season. And don't forget to touch your bum. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever that song happy is. Holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Whatever it is. What, I think that's what it's called. And for some reason, me and Patty, at the same time, nowhere near each other, in two different states, thought of <laughs> thought of some guy going, well, whoop-dee-doo, and zippity-ah. And I thought of you, and I texted you, and it happened that you were thinking that at the exact same time. It's basically a sarcastic holiday song. It it's is. Because if, if, if you break it down, it's the holiday season. So <sighs> whoop-dee-doo and la-dee-da. It's the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So don't forget to wind up your cock or something. I don't know. Yeah, what. so don't forget. You're never enough. It's the holiday season. <laughs> so, so don't forget a guilt trip. You've disappointed -da. your mother. Your dad is dead and whoop-de-doo and no one cares. And yada yada yada. You're underpaid and overstressed. It's the holiday it's season. season. Yeah. And so he's coming down the chimney right now. Fuck off. <laughs> oh shit, he's coming down the chimney now. <laughs> it's the same thing with the little drummer boy. <laughs> I was obsessed with thinking about a kid shows up after Virgin Mary gives birth to a savior because every mother thinks they give birth to a savior. Right. And he shows up and he's like, you know what this chick needs? Drums. Yeah. I don't have a single gift for you, but I do have these Zildjian symbols. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax. Here comes your drum solo. The baby's sleeping. And where are his parents? Like, who are his parents? It's like, you know what? So this woman in town, she just gave birth. Why don't we send little Tommy over there with the drum set? I'm sure. I'm you know sure what? it's wait, fine. I mean, because I'm sure it's great. Wait, wait, wait. Instead of sending him with the drums, shouldn't we like send flowers or something? Mm -mm. 
How about I'll frankincense? Remember. I can re-gift some. The wife is like, you know, they, they could use a Yankee candle because that, <laughs> that, that barn is going to stink. Okay, no well, what, what scents do you have? Like what smells? What Yankee candles do you have that we could send him with? Uh, we have Messiah Mint. Okay. Uh, we have uh, uh, um, we have the blood of Christ, but okay. that's foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, what do you have? Yeah. For, do you have hay? Mm, we just sold out of hay. We have fresh linen. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to send my kid with some drums. Perfect. It's fine. Perfect. All right. Thanks. So, well, whoop de doo <laughs> and zippity ya. All right. Let's keep on flowing. Hit me with this another is article. From the Sun Herald, Biloxi, Mississippi, March 5th, 1995. Oh, I Dear love Ann a Landers. page turn. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Ann Landers, when our daughter won a scholarship to a very fine university in the East last year, we were thrilled and proud of her. Mary does not drink or smoke and has high moral standards. We're not the least bit uneasy about her moving so far from home to go to school, and we didn't worry about her peer pressure. She has always been a leader, not a follower. Mary's letters, however, are depressing. She says so many people who live in her dorm, it's mixed, both men and women, get drunk at least four nights a week, and they make so much noise she can barely study. She also has spent several nights taking care of sick, hungover friends. Her roommates, she says, often stays out till three o'clock in the morning, and comes in drunk and throws up. Mary resents cleaning up, but she has no choice. We did not anticipate this sort of thing when we sent our daughter away to college. We asked Mary if she would consider changing schools next year. We would be willing to forego the scholarship and pay her tuition. She said no, an Ivy League school has always been my dream and these problems exist all over. We find this shocking as well as depressing. What on earth is going on? Can you tell us, signed parents in Davenport, Iowa. Was it Virgin Mary? It could have been. Okay. Dear parents, you ask, what's going on? You just described it. According to the information I received regularly from the National Clearinghouse for Alcohol and Drug Information, college students spend $5.5 billion a year on alcohol. Harvard School of Public Health researchers have reported the excessive use of alcohol on college campuses may be hazardous not only to the health of drinkers, but to non-drinkers as well. They suffer from loss of sleep and study time, vandalism, physical assault, unwanted sexual advances, and rape. Dr. Harry Weschler, Director of College Alcohol Studies in the Harvard Public, Public School, Harvard School of Public Health, was the lead author of a report that studied the drinking habits of 17,592 students from 140 colleges. The study found that alcohol on college campuses poses a serious hazard to the physical wealth and emotional well-being of students. One student said she was fed up with people urinating in the elevators, vomiting in the halls, wrecking the bathrooms, and pounding holes in the walls. <laughs> Don't you ever pause after <laughs> pounding holes again. Oh, they were pounding so many fucking holes. Oh, my God, those holes. Wait, did they live in your apartment building? They might have been. Yeah. Dr. Weisler's research revealed that nearly half the college students are binge drinkers who cause most of the trouble by depriving others of study time and sleep and physically attacking classmates. College security officers and administrators report that alcohol is involved in the majority of rapes and almost all violent incidents on campus. Weschler urges students who do not drink to speak up and demand their rights. Time Magazine quoted Weschler saying, if your roommate gets drunk every night, either insist on a new roommate or demand that you be removed. Her, 
he urges people who are bothered by excessive drinking to complain. He said, I want students to complain. I want parents to complain. There's only one way we'll get that to change. Although Weichler does not beat the drum for total abstinence, he says he is not realistic. I disagree. If you don't drink, you'll never have to worry about how much is too much. This is like a pamphlet for an answer. This sucks. She was like, I could do a quirky rhyme, or I could give you the entire history of alcohol abuse on college campuses right now. Sit down. Listen, if my roommate threw up everywhere, I am not a fucking trained nurse, and you can sit there and clean that shit up yourself. Absolutely, but there was a kid in college, these two guys I know, and they were roommates, and one of them drank too much and threw up in the middle of the room, and because boys are disgusting, and straight boys are even more hideous, thank you, Jules, one of them just put a chair over the vomit and left it there for the rest of the semester. That is absolutely fucking appalling. Isn't that horrifying? What if someone took a shit in the middle of the room where they put another chair on top of that? Well, I think, yeah, until they ran out of chairs, which are like, you get two chairs per dorm. So use them wisely. Was it it carpeted or was it tile floor? It was carpeted. So they couldn't even cut out a square and pull it up and throw it away? Mm, No, no. It was also that, like, cheapo carpet because, you know, they're no fools. It's college. Exactly. It's college. It's a college campus. Right. So there's a, there's probably like the, the whole room is covered in vomit. Yeah. In if every... you brought a black light in there, it would light up like Christmas. Yeah. You don't want the CSI team going there. No, exactly. You don't no. want to analyze what kind of, you know, liquids are in that room. Disgusting. They literally left mm-hmm. it there for the whole semester. I remember it was like such a joke amongst everybody. And I was like, but, and this is how, you know, I was an old person before I was an old person that I was like, that's. That seems un- unhealthy. Well, then, who is the girl that goes home to fuck those guys and is like and overlooks that stench of rotting vomit for yeah. the entire semester? She's like, is that what's what you're sour? Saying? And they got so much tail too. So I don't know what happened. These chicks must have had bags over their heads. Listen, I can overlook many things in someone's apartment. I don't think I can overlook a giant pile of vomit or shit in if the middle of If it's covered with a like, chair, I'm, I'm so fucking turned on right now. Look, this is what kept you from the Dahmer. The Dahmer. It smells Dahmer. awful in here. Okay, one blowjob and then I'll go. Listen, I would probably, maybe I'd blow him in the hallway. I don't know. <laughs> Not with that I, overhead lighting. Are you kidding me? I would. I don't think I could possibly blow Dahmer in his apartment. I just couldn't. I well, could not. You sure you don't want to come all the way in? I made fish and it just went bad. I and also five point five billion dollars in in uh, alcohol. Even in that era, I cry shenanigans because I we agree. were only ever drinking Woodchuck cider and Strawberry Boone's Farm, the occasional Zima. How expensive was that? You know, I remember you could get Boone's Farm for two fifty nine. Technically, I don't think it was alcohol. It was it was like when we had wine product that day. Yeah. Wine byproduct. Wine byproduct. Spill off. Like, if this happened to taste like wine, it's not even our fault. Yeah. Spill off. What was your drink in college? Uh, It was beer. (gasps) Oh, bloaty. Yeah. I mean, that's like the easiest, cheapest thing for college kids to get their hands on. A thousand percent. I did woodchuck cider until I threw it up, and then that was done. And then I did some Strawberry Boone's Farm and then threw that up. That was done. Once I throw something up, you're done. 
Thank you. And you know what Thank else you. I love for you? The final article of the day, damn it, for hangovers. This one comes from the Portsmouth Herald, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, January 14th, 1977. Hangover from childhood, which, by the way, I think is the title of my autobiography. Dear Ann Landers. Oh, wait, that's a different voice. Dear Ann Landers, will you tell me, please, what is the matter with an adult who simply must have a taste of whatever is on someone else's plate? Both my husband and his brother are like this, and it annoys me terribly. Thanks for any insights you may have on this revolting habit. Signed, F.L. of Wellington, Kansas. Dear F.L., that revolting habit is a hangover from childhood when kids used to say, Give me a taste! I am especially interested in such people because I am one myself. I learned that adults who must taste what is on the plates of others are usually generous, inquisitive, and upfront about their feelings. I also learned it is a sign of affection to ask for a taste. A person who does not feel friendly will not ask. Conversely, the individual who resents giving the taste does not feel friendly towards the persons who ask. Sharing is what friendships and love are about. P.S. I probably told you more than you wanted to know, and I'm sorry about that. Ayan. I, I like that she's like, well, that I do, I do, I do that. So I have to make this answer sound okay. Well, if you're not, a, if you're not giving the bite, then you're not a sharing person. It would work my nerves. I am not a let's let's everybody, you know, everybody all in. No. I, I, no. It, I ordered what I ordered, and you ordered what you ordered, and keep it. This is plate. my dance space. This is your dance space. Mm-hmm. I don't go this into is, yours. This is room for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is separated by a bread basket. Yes, this is my salmon. That's your <laughs> spaghetti. My salmon doesn't go into your spaghetti, and vice versa. <laughs> You know why it's I'm not- traumatized by this? Because it's uh, talk about hangover from childhood. <laughs> I think I think this is why this got to me. And uh, I, I remember that there was like a pizza place next door to our high school. And sometimes if you had like a lunch period, I remember having like an like an extended lunch period. And sometimes I'd go over to the A Hop, Arlington House of Pizza, worst pizza you will ever have. But to a kid, pizza is pizza. Who gives a shit? This was of the Little Caesars variety, which has to be the worst pizza that has ever existed ever. Sure. Like hyper greasy, and I do. But I was like at lunch, and there was this kid, John Higgins. And we always remember people with first and last names. It's never just mm-hmm. John. It's John Higgins. I'm just traumatized by this. And he always worked my nerves. He was just one of these people that I was like, ugh, annoying. And so I was sitting there having lunch, and we were, it was like, I would always like eat in the theater area because I'm a nerd. So I'm just like, I'm bringing my, it's like a working lunch. So I'm going to bring my lunch back to the theater <laughs> so I can work on my lines and stuff like that. And some other people came in. I don't like eating in front of people. I don't enjoy doing like if, like when we had that party, I said to Jules, I was like, I'm eating before everybody gets here because I hate eating and talking and having to be around other people and present unless you were at like a sit down dinner where sort of like everybody's eating. But even that, no, I just don't think I like eating in front of people. Okay. All right. I think I'm discovering Maybe. something here in real time right now. Okay. Well, and, let's work uh, out that at another time. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll call my therapist <laughs> January 2nd. Um, and he asked for a bite of it. Like, you're eating a slice of pizza, and some kid you don't like who works your nerves is like, can I have a bite of that? And it's almost like, what's that going to accomplish? <laughs> I remember, you, I remember looking like at someone... him and going, uh, 
And he's like, oh, fine, forget it. And I was like, no, here, go on. <laughs> what are you getting out of that? What are you Did getting you- by taking a bite of somebody else's pizza? Does that like, are you like, I was starving and this bite of pizza, Sally Struthers, has saved my life. No, it just make, makes you hungrier exactly, for the Exactly, for the thing. And now I'm swapping spit with a kid I can't stand. Can Ugh. I have a bite of that? That's like sharing soup. Yes! It's a very private, that's like sharing underwear. It's well, like yeah. having somebody else use your toothbrush. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Wouldn't you, of no. all people, lose your mind if some other person used your toothbrush? Yeah. Well, if they didn't tell me, yeah. That happened to me on a New Year's, a horrifying New Year's, where I was working a gig. I was in my early 20s, and I was roller skating to a medley of the village people at Valley's Casino in Atlantic As City. Do. I don't mean to brag. Yeah, And it was brag. like a, a performance, like a you know, like a Gene Ann Ryan. It was like a, a company that was hired to to bring us performing monkeys to you for these weird specialty events and it's new year's it was so miserable and they were supposed to put us up at bally's casino so i was like oh well the way they made it sound was like oh it's so easy you're gonna sing roxy from chicago and then you'll have a room at bally's casino atlantic city and i was like oh yeah none of those things happened i ended up roller skating to a village people thing I had to roller skate in the bowels of the Bally's Casino to get to the performance space. Like I was in the back, like behind all the kitchens with roller skates on and a sailor suit. Oh, my God. This is a big traumatizing episode for me. And then there was no room at Bally's, so they put us up at a red roof in about 10 miles off of the Atlantic City Strip. I remember looking at Atlantic City at midnight. And so because there were so many people performing in these various points in, in Atlantic City, they put us all up together in these in these hotel rooms. And they, they paired me with this chick. I'd never met her before. This was our first time ever meeting. I didn't know her. And I go into the bathroom to brush my teeth at the end of the night, and my toothbrush was soaking wet. This, this chick used, this chick who I have never met. You, you know what your toothbrush looks like. And she is, used my toothbrush. Did she tell you? No. No, what did she think? That I was just going to come in and it was like soaking wet. Like it was freshly used. <sighs> I literally was like, uh, I, you know, me still in my sailor suit because it was probably bring your own costume night at Bally's sure. Casino. <laughs> they did, these people didn't have a budget and I'm a red roof in. Somewhere in in Red Hook, New Jersey, or some shit, and with a girl who just used my toothbrush, and I was like, <gasps> and I was like, do I confront her about it? And it's like, at this point, and New Year's had already happened. It's like one o'clock in the morning, and I was like, oh my god. And especially then, after even because we all went back and had drinks at the hotel room, oh. like you know, it was oh so bad. I'm pretty sure I burned that thing, and I'm pretty sure I burned that girl to the ground. <laughs> Well, I would, I would hope so. If not, we can go find Let's go her. find her right and, now. Let's find out and, where she and lives her. and use her toothbrush. <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> How does it feel, Diane? <laughs> oh, so awful. All right, kids. Moving right along. What do we say? Would we like to try our hand at some Instagram mail? This is the final one of 2022, so we got to make it good. Yes. It's 
Time. Done. Four. Instagram mail. It, you can't not Instagram sing. Instagram mail. There, there, <laughs> I there. cannot sing because we're on Zoom, so I'm singing right now, and I'm taking some turns. I'm taking turns on you and taking turns on your mom. Where's the song going? I don't really know. Maybe Jim can watch, or maybe he can film, or maybe we'll Zoom him and we'll do it all. I don't know what I'm saying. I think I'm over... I think I'm gonna vomit in my shirt, my shirt right now. I got a zombie attacking my dog. I don't know what's happening. Yada, yada, yada. I gotta go kill myself. Wow. I don't know who said you're tone deaf. <laughs> but frankly, I want them to email me. Talk to me about this. If you got an issue, email us. DearPodOfficial at gmail.com or slide into our DMs and make a case for why you think Patty is somehow tone deaf. When I think that is BS. That's a load of BS. What you just did was an amazing performance, worthy of Renee Angelil. Thank you. And I have his disease. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get sued. I can't wait. In 2023. All right. We have an Instagram mail question for this week. Email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at dearpodofficial. Send us an advice question that you would like answered by us two unqualified jackasses on the air. And we... We'll read it out loud. Shall we? We shall. We most definitely shall. Here we go. Dear Pod, every time my husband has a phone conversation, he ends it with toodaloo. No, really, toodaloo. Every time. It doesn't matter if he's talking to me or a work colleague. It's almost like a tick. I don't even know if he's aware of it. I've called him out on it, but it persists. I'm afraid he'll say toodaloo to the president of his company. How can I break him of this odd habit? Signed, Toodle don't. Mm. Dear Toodles, Toodaloo first appeared in the early 1900s. You want to know what else did? Freon, baby cages that are fixed outside your 13th floor apartment building. Leaded gasoline. Oh, why is leaded gasoline bad? Because it killed people. So while Toodaloo may have come back at you like a slinky or a chia pet, remember, it can always be shoved back from where it came. Tell hubby that that it irritates you and then start doing what we do to the dogs. Shock therapy. Have a little current connected to the receiver, and anytime you hear old Jimmy Stewart sign off with toodaloo, push a button and he'll be adjusting his signature goodbye greetings rather quickly. Hopefully he doesn't take calls in the shower, otherwise he might be fa- you might be faced with manslaughter. Toodles! Wow. All of the alarms are came uh, coming in for that. An alert! Alert! Good writing alert! I... Baby cages. Baby cages was what I took away from that that uh, letter. They used to have baby cages that they would attach to windows in Correct. high rises. And like, that's how kids got air. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. To the pictures of them, it's basically like a, a, an animal affixed outside of your window. And then hope to God that nothing happened. And that the cage would fall to the ground and you kill your baby. Yeah, you better check all the screws on that bad daddy <laughs> before you put a kid in there. Also, how chunky like, is the this kid? This is a great idea. This like, is a you great know idea. Timmy needs some air. What's the best way to do it? I know, a cage. A cage that's <laughs> hung out the window of our 38th floor apartment in Manhattan. Look at him. He's so big. Where is he? He's <laughs> right here in the window. They left him right in the window. Where's Timmy? Uh, you win some, you lose some. I just can't keep up with these damn kids. You know what? That's called thinning the herd. That's right, right. there. Wow. <laughs> well, here's what Anne has to say to Toodle Don't. Dear Toad, 
Much like my Jules' worn-out vinyl of Bing Crosby's Christmas album, it sounds like your husband is stuck on repeat. But rather than hearing, it's beginning to, beginning to look, beginning to look, beginning to look, <laughs> your husband can't get past his toodaloo. It sounds like he's been doing it so long he's formed a habit and a weird one. According to medicalnewstoday.com, which sounds like a totally reliable website, it takes 21 days to form a habit and anywhere from 18 to 250 days to break one. That range is wider than my sister's living room. (laughs) What did you think I was going to say, Vagine? I'm a class act. Come on. (laughs) Odds are your husband thought it was a quirky way to sign off once upon a time. The time being 1925. Offer to help him replace his sign-off with something else like ciao, talk soon, or that classic 90s hip-hop phrase, I'm out! (coughs) Maybe offering an alternative to the toodaloo with something more masculine will help ease him into a simple goodbye. Then you got a Pavlov dog it. Blow a whistle anytime he's within earshot of the toodaloo. Consistency is key in breaking habits. Just telling him after he's already dropped the toodaloo is too late. You gotta catch him in the act and stop the behavior then and there. Helping your husband break a weird habit takes time, tenacity, and most of all, patience. Three things I have never had. So good luck, you tootling son of a bitch, and happy habit breaking. See you in 250 days, Ian! 250 days to break a habit. And how, like, yeah, they say it's either, they're like, oh, it could take 18 days, or it could take... Most of the year. Oh. I don't okay. know. I, I don't have any habits. I feel like I need to break. I kind of feel like I'm perfect. Oh. Okay. Perfect as is. I don't have any quirks, foibles, issues. Oh. What's okay. that face? What's that face about? Don't make that wide mouth bass face at me. <laughs> Toodle. I don't know who. I think maybe my mom has said toodaloo, but she's 91. Oh. Well, then she has every right to do everything. I think there's a certain point where if you're at a certain age, you should be allowed to say anything you want, which is why we have so many racist people over the age of 80. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling Jules, uh, there's a comic named Anthony DeVito who I I love. He's like so underrated and I'm such a fan of his. He goes, you know, me and my mother, we're, we're different ages. We come from different generations. So we have different worries, you know, different different concerns like like she's worried about immigrants and i'm worried she'll tell that to somebody (laughs) (laughs) so that's a little shout out to anthony devito there such a good line toodle don't i don't know how to sign off i'm not a usual buy person but i'm not a toodaloo person i have i used to say chow all the time for real no i would just say talk to you later people don't even like sign off on anything because i'm not out there talking to people on the phone anymore well, then. I don't talk I on the phone leave. like an animal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Every now and then I'll get a phone call from somebody and be like, <gasps> why are they calling? Who's dead? I think I called you once. And I, th- I think you might have wet yourself because <laughs> I've never called you. I know. It's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What do you need? What's <laughs> happening? It's not right. Charles will call me. Charles Ragsdale. He's the only one that I really talk to on the phone. Like, we're old biddies, you know? We'll sure, talk and do sure. catch-ups and be like, mm, give me your whole scoop on your life. And sometimes we'll just like multitask while we're talking on the phone. So it's like he's there and I'm like doing my hair. Mm. So like he's doing your hair. He's doing my hair and he's picking out my outfit. And uh, that's what a good gay does. 
That's great. And Thanks that's for reducing all. us to that. That's yeah. all they do. <laughs> that's why you guys get an island. That's all. Yeah, thank you. That's all. Appreciate Enjoy that. your, your banana hammock. Oh, thank you. Your your Christmassy rainbow banana hammock. Oh, all right. Okay, well then, if that's the case, then I think we need to slide into home with our pants full of foam. It is the New Year's <laughs> coming up. And I think we need a healthy beverage to ring in the New Year for. So you know what it's time for? It's, it's time time. A specialty cocktail. Specialty, specialty drink. There it is, there it is. Keep going. Keep no, going. it's your turn. Uh, uh, I'm drinking uh, the cocktail, uh, and then I am waiting for the Zoom to catch up because our Wi-Fi is fast, and his Wi-Fi is too slow, but our Wi-Fi is weird. Maybe in 2023 we'll figure it out because we have hoverboards. All right. This year is our final specialty cocktail. Well, this cocktail. Sorry, everybody. This cocktail is our final specialty cocktail of the year. Are you ready? It is called Perry New Year. James Jules Ferris. Do you remember me? It's Lionel Joseph from the African Education Conference. All right, that was a quote from Trading Spaces or Trading Places or what's it from? Have you ever seen? <laughs> I've never seen Trading Places. Did you ever see Trading Places, Patty? With Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. yes, then I've seen it. Okay. I guess there's yes, a guy who says Merry New Year. And so this is a take on that. Merry New Year. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Can I read the damn ingredients? <laughs> For this, you will need two ounces of gin, one quarter ounce pear brandy, three quarters of an ounce of pear shrub, three quarters of an ounce of Geneva, 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 the Geneva, Geneva Conference, a bar spoon of Benedictine, a pinch of salt, and two dashes of Angostura bitters. There's a lot of ingredients, but goddammit, this is your last drink of the year, so, so buckle down, buttercup. For this, you will need to add all ingredients into a mixing glass, fill with ice, and stir for 30 seconds. Then straight into a coupe or Nick or Nora glass. No garnish. No garnish. Here are his tasting notes. We are closing out this year, showing all the good people in the podcast world that we here at Dear Pod are a classy bunch. Like this drink, we are attractive, tasteful, salty, and full of surprises. Known as the Eau de Poix, this drink comes to us directly from the Valerie Cocktail Bar on West 45th Street in the heart of good old Midtown Manhattan. This is one of those cocktails that I found so unique and surprising that I had to reach out to the bar manager and get the actual recipe. For all you mixologist geeks out there, the fun in this cocktail was creating the pear shrub. A simple syrup made with pears and white wine vinegar. Want the recipe for the shrub in a step-by-step video showing how this drink is made by bartender extraordinaire James Jules Ferris? Just head on over to patreon.com slash dearpartofficial. Sign up and make a resolution this new year to mix better cocktails for your family and friends. As for this unique end-of-the-year cocktail, we raise our glasses up to you, loyal, sassy, sexy, and slightly tipsy Deer Pod family. To all of you and yours, we here at the Maha Tiki Bar and the beautiful Pineapple Ranch wish you a happy, healthy, prosperous, and slightly boozy New Year. And that, my dear friends, is the Perry New Year. I'm going in. It's in a very pretty new coupe glass that we got at Cost Plus World Market. Check that out. Beautiful. I love Beautiful. Cost Plus World Market. We all know that I'm always trying to win something from them. Hmm. Ah, well mixed. Well done. What's now, it taste like? 
it tastes like it when it comes to your face. It tastes like pear. It smells like pear, and then it kind of tastes like pear. But it's almost like a boozy apple juice. Mm. It even mm. looks a little bit like apple juice. Check that out. I think you'd like this because it's very light. It's just a little sweet. But the thing yes, is, uh... it, I'm sorry, I'm burping everybody, burping. <laughs> Worth it. That means it's a good drink, right? Um, sure. This, I like this bevy. They did it very well at the Valerie. And I like it because it's like a nice alternative to a Negroni. You got your gin in there. You got you some interesting flavors. However, comma, this thing can go sideways if you are not paying attention to your measurements. So go back and listen to them again. I speak from experience because me and Julesy, we had a little Christmas party that you could not make it to. Correct. Are you disappointed that you couldn't make it to the Christmas do? Yes, because that's usually how my December's normally work. You come to the do, exactly. We were very, uh, you know, you missed a good time, man. It was a good time. I feel like our numbers are getting back up after the Rona. But so we always do at the Rona, especially because this now we have the permanent bar. So it's super fun because now people can, like, go and sit at the bar. It's a fully functional bar, as you've seen in the pictures, unless you don't belong to patreon.com slash artificial. Um so we have specialty cocktails that we create, gingerbread, old-fashioned, great. And this was on that list. But this is the thing. We hired a bartender because we decided to get fancy, and we didn't want to be mixing drinks and all this rot. However, comma, the bartender did not pay attention to all the assignments downstairs, and he only ended up serving the pear shrub, which is half vinegar. So basically, if you went to our party and you ordered the eau du bois, you got a cup of vinegar. <laughs> oh. You, how many people finished that fucking drink? Well, that's what worries me. I know at least one did because she didn't want to offend us. I know she did. Because I, it's, it was my drink. I loved it. It tasted so good when we had it at the Valerie. So I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to have the eau du bois. And then he gives it to me. And I was like, I don't feel right. <laughs> Why can't I open my jaw all the way? Oh, my scurvy was healed. I felt, I took a sip of it and I dumped it. And then I thought, I thought he just, I was like, oh, he didn't mix it right. No, he just didn't mix it at all. He literally just took the pear shrub and served the shrub. And God bless him. And then my I friend Maggie no was there and she was holding it. And I said, you know what? Don't drink that. <laughs> this is my house. This is my house. And I was like, you know what? Whatever that is that we're serving is garbage. I was like, it doesn't taste right. <laughs> and she was so, she's such like a polite, don't want to ruffle any feathers, don't want to rock the boat gal that she was like, no, no, it's fine. It's totally, it just tastes delicious. And I was like, no, Maggie, like put it down. I'm serious. Like something's wrong something's wrong and it turns out we were all just drinking vinegar wow so i'm a little traumatized this is well mixed it's lovely but i can't taste it without tasting the experience the story. Sure. <laughs> i taste the story in this drink now it's it's really changed the game for me doesn't I'm stop me from sipping i don't now. i'm just tasting stories hmm. i'm out here tasting stories which is why you know there's certain drinks that I will forever connect to bad experiences. Scrumpies and cider. 
there is a cider called Scrumpies, and it was in England. And I had it. That was back when I tried to drink. I can't drink cider. You don't do a hard cider. You can't do it because of Scrumpy. First of all, the name of the brand. I mean, you're literally drinking what it sounds like. It tastes This episode of Deer Pod is mixed and edited by Jim Ferris and is a property of Pineapple Ranch Productions.